Welcome to This Old App, a podcast about learning, coding, smashing stuff together, breaking things apart, startups, failing, winning, and any other buzzwords we can think of. Hey, Randy. So um, I think today I, I want to talk a little bit about planning for uh, what's coming up in the upcoming year on my side and see what you've got going on as well. But before we dive into that, wanted to do a re quick, uh, quick announcement for the audience um, that, uh, that Mark Thompson's released the totally strong app, uh, both on a- Apple and on Android. Yeah. Um, so real, real, real happy that he was able to get it out there in the world. He sounds like he had a really good reception, uh, to the news that it came out. Um, so yeah, that's, that's awesome that he was able to get it out in the world. Well, I'll say I, you know, I try, I downloaded the app on iPhone Gave it a shot, like took a took a look at it. He like some of the things he talked about. He went through a process with a des- two designers, I think. Um, the end results were great. He like oftentimes you see an app launch, and I would say the artwork is questionable. Um, it's very much a prototype level type of art, and we're not talking anything fancy. We're talking about really a good logo and really good iconography. Um, I guess is maybe the term for what he's doing with totally strong. It looks really solid on the other side. I like the simplicity of it. Um, so many workout apps that I've ever downloaded are just trying to do way too many things. I don't need half of the tracking to connect to a million different devices. And if you want to set up a workout um, and, you know, keep track of what you're doing, I really think it solves that problem really well and really without a lot of frivolous stuff. So I kind of I highly recommend people check it out, not just because he's been on the show, but because I think it's a good app. And because he's been on the show. (laughs) And because he's a friend of the community of us in the community the developer <laughs> community i mean you really can't find uh, people on the internet that are as proactive promotional supportive of the develop of like new developers in the development community as someone like mark um so kudos all around for everything he's doing oh for sure for sure so, um, yeah, I, I know when, whenever I've, I've done gym workouts, uh, I'm not, I'm not in that phase right now. <laughs> I yeah. do, I do all my workout running around football, soccer, and soon lacrosse fields, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> which are all one in the same field, essentially. Um, <laughs> I, that's how I get my exercise in, but, uh, but yeah, looking forward to, it. I'm, uh, pass it along to my daughter who I do, who I know goes to her uh, apartment gym all the time um, and was <laughs> looking for something to track this sort of thing. Yeah. Cause it's what I wanted to track when I was at the gym. I, I you know, what weight was I at last time I did this uh, particular machine? So on a completely unrelated track, this is taking us off the rails. Uh, I guess I have to, I have to ask about referees and officiating is the ultimate goal to be a tennis ref where you simply sit back in a chair with an umbrella and a mic <laughs> and you 
tick off really wealthy people on a court. You don't move. You don't have like you essentially lounge while a game yeah. is being played and make a little line judgments. Is that the goal? Do you work your way up from the the dregs of high school football up to tennis officiating, and then you're like, "This is it. I've reached the pinnacle." Is that how it goes? Are, are, are you disparaging the really fine men and women who do the work of tennis officiating? No, I'm just saying they look like they're having more fun than the audience. <laughs> when I watch when I watch tennis, <clears throat> uh, no tennis is not on the on the uh, docket to be to be part of it. Um, volleyball is is within our association's reach, um, but we don't the, the the referee doesn't sit in volleyball; they stand. So, um, but it is indoors, so you got that working <laughs> for you. Um, but no, no, lacrosse was more of a, it fits the time frame between soccer and flag football to where I can pretty much go from August to April with some sport going on, which, which means I'm constantly getting exercise. Um, I, I greatly enjoy doing it. Um, but, uh, it motivation for, for the exercises is, is number two on the list of why I do it. Yeah, my uh, my knee my knee on the other hand has decided uh, maybe you need to take a break for a little while. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess they never make you do like the high the the long jump or the the fifty meter dash in the um, referee Olympics and to prepare for the referee draft or whatever the heck y'all do. So you yeah, say I mean, that you say that, but. For, for And I apologize to the audience that we've gotten off on officiating, but um, Randy's trying to poke and I'm, I'm not letting him. Um, the, for, for soccer referees, there actually is a fitness test that you're supposed to do once a year. And it is shuttle runs and 10-minute jogs. And uh, it, it's about six different things that you look at the fitness test, you're like, yeah, I'm going to be worn out after that. So what I want to know is what about the video room flopper knot test? Was that person flopping or are they really hurt? That's what I want to know about soccer refs trying to detect. Video room doesn't tell you nearly as much as what 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 it looks like on the field. I I can tell you that for a fact. <laughs> just just this being the first season, it's like Oh, that's what that looks like when they go over when <laughs> nobody actually touched them. Um, that it doesn't happen as much in high school soccer as it does at the at the upper levels. Yeah, um, pretty much because the referees won't put up with it. Um, as as a group, the direction seems to be: if there's no blood, there's no foul. Um, so we, 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 we tend to, we tend to let them play through a lot. Um, So now, despite my taking this off the rails, we can't let this episode flop. So let's get to the tech. (laughs) What, what are you looking at? Like what's, what's on your list? So on the list for, for this year for construction specialties, um, cause we've talked in the past about, um, about aspiring to you and that's still and and we've talked about it on cto think as well that's still a lot of back-end focus based um for construction specialties i'm looking at well number one we've got um we've got our sms messaging to chat 
um, product that, that we've got working for us that we yeah. probably need to tweak a little, um, probably need to, to work on the file management of it and, and the ability to, to view all the conversations by recipient. Um, so that that's one of the items. And so pa- pause on that. Can we yeah, pause on that real quick? Yeah, let's go ahead. That means you want to take it out of Slack? Well, I was just about to go there. <laughs> um, All right. So we, uh, we, I just spent last weekend transitioning the, the email from uh, where we had, where we had, when you build a company, you're just trying to get it going, right? Yeah. Um, and we had, as, essentially when I came in, they were using pri- personal Gmail accounts for email. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, we continued that. But last weekend, I sucked it up and made the big migration to everybody's on Microsoft Office. Mm-hmm. Um, through, uh, you know, an office 365 subscription, which means that if you, if you get the office 365 business subscription, you get all the, um, applications that come with it. And that's even applications you've never even heard of, um, including one called planner, which is Microsoft's Trello equivalent. But mm. one of them is actually one called teams. Um, which is Microsoft's entry into that world of Slack, of uh, what was the other one that starts with an S that we were talking about the other day? Spectrum. Spectrum, um, Hashboard. I mean, yeah. now Microsoft it, owned Yammer. They bought Yammer years and ago. Yammer, Yammer still exists. Yammer serves a slightly different purpose because um, Yammer is more asynchronous. Mm. Um, because it's more of a posting area than it is a chat area. And we may look into Yammer. I I think so. Um, Well, that's not how I used it a decade ago. (laughs) So they must have really changed it. And and I I may have to look at it and and look at it as well. But but the other thing, moving everything under one umbrella, because I had had to move under one umbrella, and it was either going to be Microsoft or Google. Yeah. And just I, I you've known me long enough to know I love Google. Um and I wanted to go that direction. But I also know Google's reputation for support yeah. um is questionable at times. Um and my anti Microsoft vibe from five, ten years ago has completely gone away with the strides they've made in the last two years. Yeah. Um so I'm, I'm full on board on Microsoft right now. Um, so anyway, you asked, does that mean we're moving from Slack? Yes, we're moving to Teams. Um, so I've, I've started to look into the, how, you, how you build a bot for Teams um, because that's the first thing we have to do is, is move it there. Now, you and I had talked about it for public release. We don't even necessarily want it tied to a product. We may want it to have its own little web chat interface. Um, which is another direction we can go as well. Uh, so well, by, those, are, those are three at, options we have. As Well, one, I can't, like, there's no way I could say, wow, you're choosing Microsoft over Google for a business, um, mainly because it is always questionable if Google will stay dedicated 
to the platforms that they build. Um, oh, yeah. I don't ever really knock a big company for retiring something that is sucking cash and not making a return. But the problem is, as a, as a small company, you're really left in the lurch when they do that. And Microsoft is by far the, of all the software companies, if anyone, if any company supports backwards compatibility with systems they've set up, Microsoft definitely does it more than other companies. Um, they'll retire stuff, but they don't do it willy nilly typically. The other um, aspect is putting everyone under one roof, like using the tools, um, as many tools as possible under one provider. Again, consistency, being able to use um, your communications in conjunction with document management, um, all of the software tools, that makes sense. In terms of what we've talked about for uh, the Chasm's product has always been about letting, allowing for the consolidation of inbound SMS and outbound SMS through the platform of choice. So even if we were to set up an ex, a, a dedicated chat system for that, is there's going to be a lot of companies that are like, we really like Slack. We really want to use Teams. Can we integrate that with the product you're providing? So I think we're going to find that the plugins are necessary if we want to capture companies that are like, I just can't, I can't foresee a company that really has a great chat system going, changing that chat system for a subset feature, the sub, like a right. feature that we're talking about. So right. I feel like it's really necessary for us, for that product to allow those extensions um, without like, as part of like, Hey, this is not an experiment. This is what this product will do. Right. And that's uh, and and I think I think by adding Teams to it, because we've already got the Slack integration by adding a Teams integration, um, it's going to show us, are there any areas we need to um, generalize a bit more and, and take out of, you know, Slack specific stuff and just make it a, a common component. Um, which will only help when we go to the third step of a web chat interface and so on and so forth. Yeah. So um, that's that's one of the items, one of the many items on my list this year. Um, and I've got I've got this huge dev list, and I run the company, so I'm not real sure how well that's going to work out <laughs> long term. But uh, but the 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 long dev list really runs along three products. One is a work order intake. When work comes in, um, for the longest time, what we did was somebody would sit there with the email we got from the client, um, input, you know, we had a, a PDF template that we'd fill out and then make a PDF from it. We'd make a Trello card for it and we'd send all that to the technician that, that was assigned to it. Um, since then, I've used Zapier to pull all that into a single process where now somebody's just filling out a, a Google form. Yeah. Um, Zapier's pulling that information, creating the PDF, creating the Trello card, emailing the uh, work order. So it took away a lot of that clerical work. Um, 
some real minor tweaks we want to do there. Um, one right now, it, it, and it all rev, it revolves around the address for the store. Um, the first one I'm probably going to do is just let the person who's inputting it put in just the zip code instead of city, state, and zip, and then have the have the system do the zip code lookup and pull the city and state from that. Mm-hmm. Um, the slightly more complex one, and it's just a matter of having the information in, in a database somewhere, is allow the person inputting the stuff to put in the brand and the store number. And then we'll, that the system will automatically populate the address. Real minor stuff, but again, it saves, you know, 30 seconds a minute every time we fill out a work order. Yeah. And there are, there are days we have, you know, a, a large number of work orders come in. So everything we can do to save it is, is part of it. Yeah. Um, the long-term plan there, and I don't think it'll happen this year with everything else I'm trying to get done, is that email that comes in, there's no reason that we can't just scrape the email that comes in, get all the information we need and produce it all so that nobody even has to fill out a form. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all well within reason to do. Is that um, because so the email, the inbound emails are always of the same form, same structure? Per per client, yes. Okay. Yeah. So the, they'd have to do it different for each client. But once I write one, then it's not really a big deal. Um, I think all three of the ones I'm thinking of are all HTML emails. So fairly standard things, you know, fields yeah. to look in. Um, so that, that, and, and just the Zapier form that I put together, um, the, the people in charge of dispatching have already said that saved them a lot of time. So they're real happy with that. And I'm just trying to make it better. Yeah. Um, on the, the, the second product I'm looking to build is, um, right now. So each client most of our clients, I won't say all of them because that's not true. Most of our clients have their own system um, that those emails come from. Um, the And those clients who have the systems usually have their own phone apps as well. So what the clients are looking for us to do is to have our technicians sign into their app, um, log in, document the work, log out, take pictures, so on and so forth. I don't think there's any way we can get around that. But where the problem comes in is a single technician may have work orders for a variety of clients. Um, And right now, the way we dispatch it to them is we send them an email and we rely on them to manage... um, manage those, those, that intake. Um, what we need is we need a tech portal. Um, we need a, a single place that they can go to and see all their work orders and when yeah. they're due, um, instead of us forcing it on them to, to keep track. Um, so that's what, that's another thing I've, I've built the prototype for this, uh, no styling, but essentially it just pulls the Trello, uh, it hits the Trello API, finds all the uh, cards assigned to a single technician, just gives a list. Mm-hmm. Um, where I want to go from that is uh, I want a little bit better styling on it. 
Um, I want to allow tech, uh, I want to allow input on the work order um, so that uh, if a technician's on site, they can go ahead and, and type in um, an update or, or a reason for delay or something like that. And I also want them to be able to change the due date. Now, the, the problem is that that means they're managing work orders in two places. So, yeah, um, so that, that's what I was just going to jump into. Tell me about the field. What do you call folks in the field? We call them technicians. We call them okay. our technicians. They're, they're, you can call them field service technicians. So what devices do the technicians in the field have? The technicians in the field usually have um, smartphones uh, because for the most part, uh, we require pictures um, for each for each work order. And they're not usually doing that um with an actual camera i did have one that was doing it with a camera we 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 asked him to go ahead and and uh and and do it on a smartphone so it was easier for him to get it to us because he was having to go back to his yeah um office download it so on and so forth so um so then on the you're talking about a smartphone interface is what your mm-hmm. or a mobile interface is what you're needing to build how how pragmatic is that for the filling out forms and work orders with a phone device? Is it? I think it's well, more I complex. Don't perhaps want, but I don't know. Um, I don't want the technicians to do a lot of information uh, on that, right? Um, because they already have to deal with the client's system. So I don't want them to uh, take everything they're putting in the client system and then put it in our system as well. We'll figure that out on our end. But what I would like to allow them the opportunity to do is if they say they're going to have something done by February 1st and it's uh, and for whatever reason it can no longer be done by February 1st, they can go to that work order within our system and hit, okay, this, this I can't do until February 7th. And I'm just picking arbitrary dates, but, um, that I don't need, and maybe a little text description of the reason for it. There's no, um, I'm not looking for a lot out of it because I don't want a ton of double entry. There's already going to be some, I'm just trying to make it as easy as I can. So they already had to fill out something for the company, for the, if I go to Walgreens, I'm a technician. I go to Walgreens. I got to fill out their work order. You want to eliminate double entry. So do you have the ability? We've talked about this before. Do you have the ability to submit work orders to their system through an interface that you build? Unfortunately, no, because the their systems have GPS tracking. Um, so when you log in, it says, okay, was the technician within 500 feet of the store when they said they would, when they checked in, mm-hmm. um, so that, that prohibits that ability. So I think all I'm really looking for now, the opposite is true. I can, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute. 
I believe I can take information from the client system and put it in our system. Yeah. Um, but the, the other direction wasn't, doesn't work because of that GPS tracking. Um, so that, 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 that ties my hands a little, um, at the end of the day, all I really want that the number one thing I want is for the technicians to be able to have a single place to go to see all their work, um, because they don't have that today. So that's the first step. Everything else is is icing on the cake, and they may not use it because it's double entry. We'll see. That's something we'll 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 have to play with and and test out. Um, so a, a tech portal is is the second product idea I'm working on. And then the third is just a work order dashboard for us in the office. Um, we already have Trello, yeah. so we don't really need, that is our dashboard right now. Okay. But it's all manual entry. It's all, um, now I improved it with the work order intake form, but it's still all manual entry. And where I'd like to get is I'd like to get to, and I'm going to, I'm going to leave company names out here. Um, I'd like to get to where I can pull the data from the two companies that have their own systems um, and then figure out a way to pull it from email for the third. Because the third doesn't have a system we can access. They just send us emails and they and then we um, we report our work done by calling it in. So that that's a different and all this information already exists in Trello. But I don't have the reporting in Trello is not great, and it's not easy to write good reporting in Trello. So um, I'm essentially looking to replace what we have in Trello with its own system. So essentially, what I'm saying is, I, I need a dashboard that I can get better reporting of out of. Um, I'm really starting to get to where at the end of the week I want to know what happened, um, and Trello does not tell me that. I would have had to paid attention all week to know what have ha- what what has happened. So um, I could write I could write some things to hit the Trello API and get kind of a history. Um, but at the end of the day, if I'm going to do that much effort, I might as well rewrite the rest of it as well. So pr- this goes this now segues into build and buy. But I first uh, yes. I first want to say to ask you. What is your rank in this company? I am the COO and I, I essentially run the company. And you're also the CTO. Correct. And you're also the, the lowest level tech dev. Correct. How sustainable is that? I don't know. So I then know. because, because what, I'm, what I'm, what I do, what I do end up doing is I end up, um, I've, I've given away some of the higher responsibilities. So instead of being the, the single point of contact for each client, I've pushed that to, to the people who are managing those accounts, which was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a positive step, but you are, you're, you're, you're on the good point. So I'm going to let you continue on that. 
Is it safe to say, <laughs> this is a loaded question, but is it safe to say that you enjoy doing the tech projects more than most COOs would enjoy doing them? Well, of course, of course. <laughs> so, and, and, and that's, that's just it is we've talked about this in the past. There are thousands of these systems out there and I'm about yes. to write another one. Yes. And that's um, what we're getting to, but you're, yeah. you are, you're doing this not because you don't trust someone else to do it. It's way more of all the roles you have in this company, developing technology, making these different tools work together is probably more fun than the other pieces. Yeah, it's it's, it's fun until it doesn't work and then it's just a pain <laughs> in the butt. <laughs> so, um, so, so why, I, so tell me how <laughs> how is it amongst all these tools that none of them are solving the problem 80% of the way you need it to. And, and you phrase that perfectly, which is 80%. Um, they probably do. They probably do. We, about four or five months ago, and I think we talked about this, about four or five months ago, we went through a cycle of getting trial accounts for two different ones. And... Um, taking a demo of a third one that wasn't ready yet, but was going to be ready, I think next month. Yeah. Um, of the two we did trial accounts for, I won't even, so I, I won't even say they got us 80% there. Um, they got us about 60% there. And then there was another 90% of stuff we will never use. Because it doesn't fit in what we do. So that was a real hard, it was hard to get the team to, to say, yeah, we can do this and we'll work around their, their pain points. Um, we'll work around all that. You know, it's, it's one of those things. Um, so of the two, we took a trial demo of, we, we just didn't feel it, it would work. Um, of the one we saw a demo of um, that they were building, it was great. It's a great system. Um, it probably is 80 to 90% there. It also was exorbitantly expensive. Yeah. It was five to 10 times the amount of these other systems. And, and, the, the sticker shock alone was like, whoa, wait a minute. And, and I sent her a note back. I said, system's great. Does everything that, that, that we're looking to do, but you must be building this for larger companies than ours because this is, and, and the pricing kind of spoke to that as well. Cause it wasn't, it was bucketed per user pricing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I got the feeling that the bucket we were in was like the one to 50 bucket and we're, we're, you know, one to five buckets. Um, so that, that's the issue we had with those three. Um, so if I were to project and say, let's say I paid the money for that most expensive one because it fit almost everything I could do, I could either pay that money and get most of what I want and get to where I don't have to support it. Or I could pick up some of the development myself, um, maybe, maybe get some done outside the company 
um, get, get others to do it and pay them to work on it. And the cost would come about the same, if not a little less. Yeah. And yet I'd get exactly what I want nice and tight. Um, now it does mean I'd have to support it. So, uh, it, I don't have a good answer here. Um, so can I pause on this? Let me ask a question. So you, we obviously, we've covered that you like to do the development. That's why you're doing it right now. Obviously there are tools out there that can get you close to what you need. They, they obviously will do more than you need, but in some ways, who cares if they cover what you need? your focus shouldn't be on, well, they do all these other things I don't care about unless you're paying for that extra. Like, hey, we're paying a premium for features that really we don't need. We, we And that's why we're paying more. But let me ask you about your time again. And I and this is more than, hey, you sh- you're COO. You, you kind of acknowledge that your role is to the lead of the company. And the reason why most CEOs leads of companies hire a tech staff and have other people do things is because they have really one major role in the company uh, external to the company, which is sales and interfacing with clients. And that is a time consuming chore. In addition to, in addition to running the people, which is what a CEO does internally and keeping that kind of together. So what I am curious about is, who is doing the sales and the growth and expanding the revenues for the company while you're doing these other things? Yeah. So the, it's, it's an interesting arrangement. Um, The, the short of it is we have, we have someone who is in the industry with another company complementary services but not competing services yeah um who we're really tight with that makes a lot of the introductions for us um and then we close the sales um so for the most part it, it it's on me to do that um so so then really i don't i don't care about the details like what i'm yeah, getting at yeah. more is should you <laughs> this, this is a non-technical this is a non-technical yep. question for a technical podcast should you be switching gears in your role to out to either outsourcing or at least assigning the technical task so that you can do the less fun sales parts just because of your role i would much rather outsource the sales part yeah okay that's a t- and, that's and- a strategy and that that's that's the direction we will probably end up going. And that doesn't mean I don't have responsibilities in sales. I yeah. absolutely do. Um, but if I don't have to be the one generating the lead, and if all I need to be is there to close the lead um, and and make the final push, I can do that. Um, you're not wrong. It, it, the last month or two, and and we're we're taking this we're taking this in a slightly different direction than we we have in the past. We've talked business here before, yeah. Um, and I think this is a real good small business conversation. The last six weeks or so, I've felt like 
holy cow, I've got a lot of things that I'm doing that I don't know if I can get them all done and get them all done properly. We've got two conventions coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to get all the materials ordered for those conventions. I've got to get all the artwork done for those. Um, and and I, when I say I have to, someone has to. And, and right now I'm very picky about the branding. So I'm doing it. Um, now I'm, I'm bringing in designers to do the actual design work because mine would look like crap, but I, I'm the, it's, it's funneling through me. Um, I'm the one who just went through the whole, you know, mail system overchange. Um, so, so there's been a lot of that weight, uh, that I've been feeling as, uh, leading a small company. And here I am planning to add development tasks on top of it. <laughs> That's what I'm getting to. It's like, my my man, you are... I mean, this is very relevant to building a product and building an app. Everybody that I've ever heard on a podcast talking about a business they built. indie. If you listen to any of the indie um, hacker podcasts or read their blog post, almost everyone that is talking about a successful company has had to hire technology people and operations people and salespeople, or they become the salesperson. It's, it's a very normal process. What happened, but the question is, when are you going to understand for yourself? And I'm not even implying that you have hit that point. There is a tipping point where you have to say, I am no longer the right person for this job. And right. You just said to me that you have a salesperson, you want to outsource that piece, but anything related to a conference, that's sales, man. So yeah, you are doing sales. You just aren't, you, you're putting sales in the category of cold calling and connections. And my thing is, I guess you are going to, for a growing company and your role for the product that you all sell, which is our services in the, in the maintenance um, realm, where are you going to make the choice for where you outsource, where you hire? Um, what is yeah. the best use of your time? Every yeah. product developer has to make that choice. I'm curious where you think you are. I don't think we're there yet. Uh, I, 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 I do weigh that. Okay. Um, you're, you're not, you're, I, I appreciate you bringing out the the conversation, um, but it's not something that I haven't been wrestling with. Um, I think at the size we're at, I can continue to handle all of that for now. By the end of 2019, if we get to the size I hope to be at, yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to have gotten some help along the so- way. So let me ask, you're at, you're giving me an arbitrary end of year. So somewhere in your brain, 365 days is the number that you're making a new choice. <laughs> My question is, are you going to, is it really, is it going to be burnout that forces your hand? Are you going to let it, that be the choice or is 365 a real number that? Or is that just like, hey, every year we make choices or like, where are no, you getting that's, your that's, timing? 
that's a finger in the air feeling the wind. <laughs> um, it's, it's a, yeah, that, I, I guarantee there's going to be one or two bouts of burnout along the way this year. Um, if I, if I go down this path, um, I do but, but think it, there's a danger there, but there's a, yeah, there there's is. a, because you, because you have put you, you're at the lead, you're at the top. You, the, any burnout that you have is a cascading effect down the line. But I don't, I, and and I I hear that, but I don't think the burnout will manifest itself in the leading of the company. If the burnout manifests itself, it's going to be in the development of the tools. Um, that will be the first thing to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so what that'll mean is that means that the tools aren't done yet. Yeah, and they they won't get done in the time frame that I'm hoping hoping to get them done. Nothing we've talked about is a significant development effort, um, yeah. but it's not insignificant either. Um, and, it's multi and it's looking, multitasking for you to do it. It's multitasking, and and that and part of it is going to be you know nine to five, nine to six. My head is in the running of the company. Um, if I can set aside a, a, a couple hours sometimes to, to just drive a couple of development changes through, I will. Um, but then the development's got to come after hours. Um, that's the only way to make that all work. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're, you're absolutely 100% right that I don't know how it all gets done. But I also, I'm also sitting here not comfortable with my alternatives either. Which, which is hiring people to do it. Um, hiring people to do it or buying one of the products that we, we, we feel are mediocre fits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But companies in hindsight of our other jobs we've been in. Yep. Every single company I've ever been a part of has bought quote unquote mediocre tools that they don't have to maintain. Like there's trade-offs for those mediocre tools because like, yes, it would be awesome if every technician had a, had a, um, a brand new sparkling Honda van to take to all the job sites. But you're really going to settle for a 2002 Ford or Ford Ram or something to Ford Ram. I don't, know, I don't know cars anymore. But I was going to say you have not driven in a while, my friend. But my my point is that the tools don't have to be perfect to take a significant weight off of the process. They do. Be here's here's the resistance. If they don't, if, if, if they don't fit, then I'm going to be sitting there working on APIs to make them fit. I'm going to be doing it anyway. I, I will not be able to stand aside and, and <laughs> let imperfect tools sit. I just know I won't um, because I, I've never done that in any other job I've had <laughs> where, where the tools didn't fit. We either found other tools or we made the tool. We we spent effort to make the tools better. Okay, um, so, so so but here's so this is another product discussion 
because so many people developing products get into a perfection. Like you, when you, everything yep. you're saying to me is about perfection, the right tool that does everything we need. And if we get a mediocre one, I'm going to be trying to change everything to make it perfect. And my question is, is it more effective for you to look in the mirror and then, and, you know, grab within and say, I need to let go of this perfectionist attitude for how we're going to utilize technology in this company. Cause you don't have it perfect right now and you're doing well. So why would making it perfect in the future change that so drastically? It's it's in it's it's your own, and I'm and I'm not isolating it to you because I yep, am, yep, I'm yep. I'm not any less guilty of this. My question is, how do you let go of the perfectionism attitude you have around technology? You don't have this attitude around sales. You don't have this attitude um, around other parts of the business because I've seen your conversations with people, and there are levels of delivery of the services that you are able to say that's good enough. And I don't think you think two seconds about it, but because you grew up in the technology realm, the product building realm, you have a perfectionist attitude that is counterproductive in my opinion. Uh, I, I I won't, I won't argue too much against it. Uh, I'll say that it's perfectionism to a degree. Um, Every, every tool I'm thinking of putting in the system is an improvement. The tools we look to buy did not feel like improvements. Um, they felt, they felt like we were doing it because we knew we were getting bigger and we had to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, they didn't feel like improvements, right? Um, so that that's why that's why I'm still holding on to the maybe we build this thing um, just because it's the scope is so much less than than that other stuff. And, and that's why I said, if the burnout comes, the first thing that'll go is the tool building, yeah. because we are doing fine right now. Um if we if we were double the number of people we have doing dispatching, would that be the case? Probably. Um, I'd probably feel even more out of touch. So I'd probably be looking uh, even harder at the reporting end of stuff. Um, and maybe that just comes down to, okay, people who report to me every week, I need you to create a, a report for me. How you do it's up to you. I don't care. Um but you, you need to report to me on these items. Uh, I'm trying to get technology to do that for me um, instead of instead of passing that down to the people. Yep. So you're you're absolutely right. You're you're absolutely going to be the angel on my shoulder <laughs> going, why, why are you behaving this way? Um well, I, I don't, I don't think I, I can. I don't think I can. I can avoid it right now. I'm, I'm only we as you grow up in in a business and a career, you start to have different perspectives. And my perspective at this point is 
is that perfection, you never achieve perfectionism and you waste a lot of time trying to be perfect. That doesn't mean do it sloppily. That doesn't mean do half-assed. That means that your ability to do things all by yourself is greatly overrated and your ability to do it perfect is never achievable. Like there's just, there's so many factors that come into play that you don't have, it's not that you can't do them. You don't have time. And so at the very beginning of the episode, I asked, what is your role in this company? And we're talking the the things that you're talking about where you are perfectionists about, which is understandable, doesn't fit into what propels your company as much in, in my opinion. So it's, so it's almost, I'm only trying to, I'm only trying to say you, I'm only recommending that you keep in check or consistently internalize and review your approach to technology because you are greatly uh, motivated by previous jobs. But I'm also not telling you tomorrow outsource everything. That doesn't, that's not going to make you satisfied either. And you have to balance that. So I'm just, yeah. I'm more of saying, hey, if you have a year, like don't wait a year to start asking yourself constantly, am I focused in, in my role as CEO or COO plus, <laughs> whatever you want to call it? Um, what should I be focused on? Who's the best person for the job? Even if I don't internally know every bit of the tech happening or that the company well, we hire isn't hitting every single check mark on our feature list. That's all I'm trying. Yeah. To say. And, and, and here's, here's so good. I, I think you putting it that way has helped me frame the discussion. Okay. Because this is what, this is what the decision came down to. The decision came down to paying for tools that weren't perfect and didn't provide what I wanted. Yeah. Okay. Or paying, uh, and on that same side of the scale is, or paying an exorbitant amount for a tool that was pretty close. The other side of the scale is building purpose-driven tools, specific purpose-driven tools, as opposed to an overall system, building specific purpose-driven tools to get the information and get the, the workflow that I want. And by doing so, knowing that I will probably eventually have to hire a developer at least part-time to continue those, to enhance those, to maintain those, because eventually I'm probably not going to be able to stay on top of them the whole way. Yeah. So my choice was pay for a tool that I don't like or pay for a developer to work on tools that I do like. That's where the, knowing that the full burden of every dollar this company spends falls on my shoulders. Which direction did I want to spend those dollars? I think my answer is I'm willing to spend the dollars to get somebody to help me put it the way I think this company needs it. As opposed to expending the money and the effort to, conform the company to the tool we choose. Yep. That's that's that, that's the balance I, I chose. Yep. 
and I, I, I can't argue. I, it's, I just want you to be, as a friend, I want you to be making the choice one way or the other where you are not the sole. The third option is I do it all myself. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that, I don't think you can do that. <laughs> that is the option in January of 2019. <laughs> How long that stays the option is the question, right? Yeah. Because I, everything, everything we talked about building that I, that I, the three things I listed out, none of them are outside my ability. Okay. Um, I'm not going to make them pretty. Okay. This is not for selling as a commercial product. They don't need to be pretty. They need to work. Yeah. Um, and, and the part we didn't even talk about, um, was that whole dashboard part that involves pulling in data from the companies, neither of which have a public API that they're willing to give me. One of them has an API, but told me I was too small to use it, which I, my jaw dropped when they told me that I'm like, how is that even possible? Well, there's Uh, always an API. how, How is that? How is that even a, a, a thought that I'm too small to use your API? What 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 makes me too small? Why is that a burden to you? Well, there well that's a support issue on their side, but the there's always an API. Sometimes it's just the 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 capybara headless browser approach of log in as the user and extract that data. Is, Yes, that is the direction that I may end up going. There's a, there is, I've already done I've already done it for one of them uh, about you know about 12, 18 months ago. I just have to pull it back up and, and refresh it. Like the other day, this is slightly related. I talked to a woman that works for Verisign. It's a company based in Kansas City, and their true model is that they log in on behalf of. Um, companies to FedEx and UPS and other shipping companies to consolidate shipment data. And right. it's like an unofficial API and the, the shipping companies know about it, but they don't support it, so to speak. Right. And so basically this company constantly is on the lookout for changes on the login process for for users to see like how do we need to adjust our software that is the api that is an api they just it's never I, described I, I as want, such i want to i want to hold you going any further into this <laughs> because this is a perfect topic <laughs> for a future episode okay especially after i've done a little bit of work on it this is a perfect topic because we're talking about screen scraping. That's the that's the common term for it. That's the that's the that's the dirty term for it. Yeah. Um, there are robot.txt files that you're supposed to obey and not screen scrape. But if you're if if your robot acts and behaves like a human and does not pound the system like a robot would, yeah. 
are you are you fundamentally being a human and not a robot? That it, it's all a great discussion that I want to have. I don't want to turn this episode into a two-hour episode, though. So we're gonna we're gonna put this one on pause and, and have it another day. Speaking of future um, topics, I, I think this is a great episode. What, what speaking of future topics? What is the topic of this episode? We've gone all <laughs> over the place, which is not bad. It's always. One of those conversations we, 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 where we the, the the topic of this episode was more what are what are my what are my plans for 2019 and how can Randy talk me out? <laughs> it doesn't make for a great title, but it's certainly an interesting <laughs> topic. So, so yeah. Randy, I think what I'm doing is I'm offering you a sales job if you want to come oh, help God. sell. <laughs> I am um, I. I know I don't know if I would ever do sales well. I don't I I assume if I focused on it I would, but I don't know that I have the yeah. I don't think I have the the steel gut for rejection at that rate. But who knows? Yeah. I don't I don't love it. I don't love it, that's for sure. Um it's part of it's part of it's part of running a company though. Oh at yeah. The end of the day. Oh, you, yeah. you know that. You know that from your freelance work. You're still selling. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I call it. <laughs> I don't always yeah. know that I. It's still like in in consulting, by far, like when it's interesting because when I interview for gigs, like for full time gigs, people are like, "Why would you leave cons- the company you started?" And I am, and I don't know how to explain to them. In order for this consulting company to succeed. I have to embrace sales more than I embrace the product development that I love. And I like, I don't, it does not bother me to manage people. It does not bother me to manage products, to work with other people. The sales process to me is the most inefficient um, ROI that I, that my bones feel, so to speak. Right. And no, there was a, there, there was a great podcast. I just listened to, um, on the, uh, the transistor podcast, what's it called? Build your SaaS. He just did a great one on marketing your SaaS, Mm -hmm. um, which, which again, marketing sales, they're, they're kind of in the same bucket. It's all work. You have to do away from your product that increases the customers. So all right. Lots of good stuff. So what have we, so, yeah, where are good, we right good, now? Good, <laughs> good, good luck picking a title. That's your job. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, I get to edit this and you get to figure out the title for it. Awesome. So, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think, uh, uh, I think we're good though. Thank you. Thank you for the conversation. It, it helped frame some things in my mind though. Yeah. Sounds great. All right. All right. Great. Have a great week. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to This Old App. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at www.thisoldapp.online. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. For questions, comments, or things you would like to hear on future shows, please email us at hello at thisoldapp.online. Show music is Guns Blazing by Fab Claxton, licensed by Pond5. Voiceover work by MeganVoices.com. You'll hear from us soon.